everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Sunny Mary Matter podcast. I am your host Liz Fiddler and today we are going to be talking about something that we have covered quite a few times like kind of loosely in other episodes but we're going to talk about storing your dahlia tubers because this is probably one of the most number one questions that I get. One of the most number one you get it. Uh, one of the most requested things that people ask me <laughs> when people slide into my DMs, they're asking me how to store their dahlias. That's that's what my DMs are full of. People saying, hey, I dug this up because I didn't want it to die. I bought it in the garden center. What do I do? Or other people that are like first time flower farmers or whatever. I'm going to tell you guys what I do quite specifically. And then I did some research on other methods that I don't do because if it's not broke, don't fix it. But I'll tell you why and under what circumstances you would use them. So the thing is, you have to decide, not decide, but you have to evaluate, okay, what what am I working with here? How much space do I have? What is the temperature? What is the humidity? Where are you going to actually be storing them? And from there, you can decide what your best guess is. If I were brand new to doing this and say I had 10 plants and I was going to divide them up, I would try a couple different methods. I do a third, a third, a third, or half and half of different methods just, just to be safe, just to try it and see what happens. But I would say the number one tip that I have throughout the winter is to check on them frequently. I've done this every year. I think a couple years ago, I I went a good two months without checking on them and freaked out. But And I had lost some, but I just go check on them probably once a month, every three to five weeks, if I'm being honest. I'd like to say once a month. I'd like to say every three weeks. I'd like to, you know, sometimes I forget, but every three to five weeks, go check on them and just make sure they're doing okay. And I'll talk about what that means and like check on them. Okay. (laughs) They're there. Check. But what I mean when I say that. So, you know, dahlias are so fun to grow. They, depending on what zone you are, they can be a perennial as long as the ground doesn't freeze solid. So I am zone 4B in Minnesota, and you definitely cannot leave your dahlias out. Even if you, you know, there are some places where the ground does freeze solid, but they do a good job of covering it with a lot of leaves. And then some people will like put frost cloth or greenhouse plastic on top of that, grass clippings, straw, just to insulate the ground a little bit. And then that keeps the ground from freezing completely solid where the dahlias are. You know, that top layer might get a little crusty um, of dirt, but it's not going to be a deep freeze into the soil there. So those are options. And, you know, if you want to just leave them in the ground, man, that would be easier if you are a home gardener. Now, the reason, so here's the other thing. You don't have to do any of this. Dahlias are one of my favorite flowers to grow, and I wish more hobby gardeners would do them. I wish you would look on, you know, plant sales and just buy a tuber from, you know, a local flower farmer, a local grower. I'm going to be selling tubers in the spring for this purpose and treat it as an annual. Just plant it and you don't have to dig it up. You can just plant it in the ground and then watch the blooms come and they get so big and bushy and pretty and they're just fun. Dahlias are just so fun. I don't know how else to describe them. 
but you don't have to do any of this. So don't let that stop you if you're being intimidated. But the reason the majority of flower farmers or those that are growing them do dig them up and divide them is because we are trying to multiply our stock. We are trying to turn one plant into six plants. We are trying to turn 10 plants into 60 plants. We are trying to turn 100 plants into 600 plants or whatever it ends up being. And so that is the main reason for dividing them and digging them up. But you don't have to do that. Um, The other option is you can just dig them up, keep them whole, and then in the next year, you can either replant that entire plant or you can literally split it in half with an axe and plant it that way. I ended up actually doing that with some of my, if you guys saw a couple of years ago, one of my customers brought a dahlia plant over and she's like, okay, here's the deal. Actually, she brought like five of them. And she's like, my husband's grandma gave them to me. And they are like the family Dahlia. And she goes, I kept one, but I just don't have room to grow them. I don't have time to grow them. I don't have room to store them. You know, supposedly like they're all circulated around her family. But she's like, I would love for you to have some. And legend has it that these originated in Abraham Lincoln's garden. So they're these really pretty red ones with a yellow center. I'll have tubers of them next spring for sure. But we decided to name them Abe, Abraham Lincoln. Abe. I don't know what they're really called. I probably could look it up, but I don't want to. I just call them Abe. But they're these really pretty like crimson red with a yellow center and they're a ball dahlia. But you don't have to divide them. You don't have to, you know. And so I had so many of those last year. They were so prolific. So she gave me five or six of them. And then I cut, that was two years ago. And so then I divided all those up. And then I had like 60 of them last year and they overwintered. And I just did not have time to to divide them. So I literally like chopped them in half with an axe and I planted 120 of them. And now this year when I went through to actually divide them, it was kind of messy because there isn't one mother tuber. There isn't one original tuber. It's like this mess of half dead tubers that were never had viable eyes and, you know, just this clump of shriveledness and the new fresh tubers. And so it was it was a little more work to divide them than I would have liked, but it it was fine. It definitely saved me time in the long run, but so yeah, you don't have to actually divide them unless you are wanting to multiply your stock. And you don't actually have to divide them up if you don't have a good place to store them and you don't want to store them and you're like, "You know what? I am going to go buy a new tuber for 8 or 9 dollars in the spring. I'm going to let the one die in the ground. I don't have a place to store it. It's dirty, it's messy." to divide them. It takes a couple hours. If you're like, you know what? My couple hours of time in the fall when it's cold and wet and rainy is worth $8 to just buy a new tuber in the spring. And maybe you didn't like it. Maybe you didn't like the color. Maybe it wasn't one that you were, you know, that you particularly cared for. And so just honestly, you can just let it die. There's nothing wrong with that. So we are going to talk about different ways to store them. What I do, I actually ended up dividing in the fall this year. And normally the last couple of years, I've been a divide in the spring kind of gal because I have time in like March to do it. I have space. I have a heated shop with warm water. There is not a drain in there though. So I would have to hook up a hose to that, do it outside. But usually we get like a 40 or 50 degree, really sunny day that feels like a heat wave of 70. So it'd be fine to do it in the spring. And I have space. So I could store all of my dahlia tubers in about 
15 totes stacked up in my shop if I had to. I was able to divide them all up and then do them in the saran wrap method. And now those like however many totes that it was is condensed down to two totes. And the only reason I have it in two totes is because I don't want to stack them really high on top of each other for when I go to check on them in the wintertime. But I like to use the saran wrap method. So we're going to go through and talk about the saran wrap method. We're going to talk about vermiculite. We're going to talk about sawdust. And then we're going to talk about just storing them whole and deciding what's best for you. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Sunny Mary Meadow podcast. We're going to take a quick break while I talk about Flower Farmer Forum. It is being held January 13th, 2024 in St. Cloud, Minnesota. It's a chance for like-minded individuals to get together and network. You're going to hear from industry experts, learn how to maximize your flower output and network with other flower farmers in attendance. There is an online portal that you can access a ton of resources. There are panelists. You can submit your questions. You get a free headshot included. And it's just a really fun social and educational event. We're going to talk about industry standard pricing, pest management, soil health, available funding such as grants and loans and assistance programs. We're going to have a floral design update and talk about state licensing requirements. So if you are interested in attending the Flower Farmer Forum, click on the link in this episode notes. I also have a bonus episode on the Flower Farmer Forum within this podcast. So go listen to that. It's about a half hour long. It describes the entire event. I really hope to see you guys there and thank you for listening. We're actually going to start with storing them whole. Again, this is what I used to do. Just dig them up. It is ideal for varieties that are less prone to dehydration. The tubers, they come in all different shapes and sizes, but Some dahlias, like cafe au laits, for example, have really robust tubers, and they don't require a lot of individual wrapping or individual insulation, and they're just, they do okay. But if you have a variety that has a lot of like pencil-thin tubers, you're definitely not going to want to do this. But I keep as much dirt on them as I can. I mean, I shake off the initial because I don't want to keep ripping out the topsoil down where I'm growing, but I cut them off after there's a last frost and this is for all of them. So after the after the first frost comes and kills the plant, I take actually a pole saw. Some people take a hedge trimmers, some people take a scissors. Um whatever you have depending on the quantity you have, I use the pole saw and just cut them all down. They've already got a tag on them that I use a, a plastic plant tag with a paint marker. Don't use a Sharpie because it will fade, but you use a paint marker and divide them and label all of your dahlias before the frost comes. So now the frost has hit. They have their tag on the bottom. I go through with my pole saw and just hack them all off at once. Literally takes me 15 minutes, Uh, 15 minutes per row. If I'm being honest, takes me an hour. And then I try to let them sit and kind of cure because it signals the plant because now they've died. Now they can sense that their plant is that their original stock is completely gone because you cut it down to three inches tall. And so now those eyes, remember plants have a will to live. That's their job is to live. You know, flowers like to go to seed. So these dahlia tubers, these eyes start really growing in that case or in that instance, because they start, okay, now we got to produce new, 
new shoots. So any tuber that's going to have a viable eye is going to start growing at that point. And you need to be able to see those eyes when you divide them. So if you can leave them in the ground for a good 10, you know, one to two weeks after you cut them off, that is ideal. Don't worry if it rains. Don't worry if it gets cold. They're not going to freeze solid in the ground, even if it gets, you know, 20 degrees at night for a few weeks, like, or for a few nights, like they'll be fine as long as it's above freezing, you know, when you dig them out. But even then they're not going to freeze solid outside being in 30 degree weather for an hour, but you just try not to expose them to that much frozen solid. Otherwise they will rot. Now say two weeks have passed. I go through with a potato fork, not a shovel and loosen the dirt around them and then pick them out. That way the the tubers do not break off of the clump. So if you're dividing them whole or if you're storing them whole and not going to either you're not going to divide them at all or you're not going to divide them until the spring when you're ready to plant them, you can just kind of shake off as much dirt as you can and then put them in like a crate or a box. Um, It's good to have some airflow to prevent mold growth. Here in Minnesota, we have such dry, dry, dry winters that it's it's really not that big of a deal. Ideal temperatures are between 40 and 50 degrees and humidity around 60 degrees. Whatever you have to do to make that happen. I kept them, I ended up putting saran wrap over the top of the crate. Didn't put a lid on it, but just kind of a little layer of saran wrap over them when I stored them whole last year. And they did great. I had very little loss. Um, I stored them whole or I divided up some of them, I should say. But yeah, so you can store them whole until the spring when you're going to divide them or until the spring when you're just going to replant them as a clump or just chop them in half or whatever. But keep a little bit of dirt on them. You don't want to wash them off because then they really will probably dry out much sooner than later. So that just kind of maintains that moisture and protects them a little bit. I decided this year to go ahead and divide them because we had mid-October, there was a long weekend. You know, I really planned on having probably 30 hours a week of farm help and I've got about 10. And so it's just, Brent and I have been burning both ends of candles on all ends, just trying to get stuff done and trying to get stuff done when we can and we're able to. And it's like, that weekend, the tulips weren't here yet. And, you know, these things weren't here yet. And we couldn't, you know, our new tiller wasn't here yet. And so there were just things like, okay, I know I have to keep chipping away at my to-do list, but I'm going to, I'm just going to divide the dahlias while I can. The girls were outside, they were playing in the playset, So I just took the hose because it was so warm out. It was like 50 degrees out. So I, I hosed off and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to keep, I had dug everything out. They were in totes. I'm like, I'm just going to divide as many as I can. Maybe I do half, maybe I, whatever, but I ended up getting them all done. And so it was so nice because I could just set up a table outside in the garden above where the dirt is, rinse them off. And then the dirt just went back in the dirt. I didn't have to clean anything up. And then I had a compost trailer down there. We have a little John Deere wagon that you push the thing on the foot and then it just like lifts it and empties it. And so I was able to just divide them while I was out there and I was able to see the eyes really well. And then I put them in a, like a seed tray bottom for a good, probably three or four days just to like basically let them cure. And by cure, it means like scab over that new cut that you make. If you cut off the tail, if you cut off the front, you just let them cure for like three or four days. So, and remember every tuber has to have 
a body, a neck, and an eye. If it doesn't have those things, you throw it away. I would say half of the plant, the tubers are not viable. It's not like a potato where the where the eyes grow all over the body. This is it they only grow at the neck. I do take the approach where if I'm questioning it, I keep it. So I probably account for almost 20% loss of my tubers that I'm storing only because they never really had a chance. They probably never had an eye. But if I question if they have an eye at all, I keep it when I'm dividing in the fall. If I'm dividing in the spring, the tubers have started to wake up. It's getting warmer out. You know, you're going to be planting them soon. If you don't see an eye then, you're not going to see an eye. But in the fall, it's a little bit harder to see them. So if I'm questioning it, I keep it, again, because I have a really big shop to store them. And if if it takes an extra tote or two to store all the extra ones, it's, it's not a big deal for me. So I go ahead and I let them cure. And then I use the saran wrap. And the reason I do that is, you know, some of they're just way more prone to dehydration with how dry our winters get. So I take a, you know, I'll take three feet of saran wrap out or two feet or whatever on the counter. And then I roll up the very first tuber within it. And then when that one's completely covered in saran wrap, I put the next one next to it. So they're not actually touching each other, but they're all wrapped up in this clump. And I keep doing that. And usually I can get about 10 tubers, but sometimes 15. It depends on the size. I just keep grabbing from the same variety, kind of have to stack them like body, neck, body, neck, alternating them, different shapes. And then you just keep wrapping them up into a clump, into a pile. So then I'll have this big plastic mess of these dahlia tubers that are not touching. So if one does get moldy or rotten, it's not going to touch the other ones and infect the other or in ruin the other ones as well. Because if one, if they were all touching each other and one got rotten, they're all going to start rotting. And so that way it just kind of protects them individually. And then when I say I inspect them every three to five weeks, that means, I mean, pretty much end of December, end of January, end of February is when I go through and I do it. And I will literally unroll them and re-roll them back up in December. I will do that. And then in January, February, and then actually end of March as well. But that's when I start waking them up. So for sure, like end of January, end of February, I just take them out and glance at them. And I can tell pretty easily at that point, like, okay, are any rotten? Do I see any black sludge essentially? And then I'll unwrap that one or that package. Otherwise, so in December, I unwrap them and rewrap them entirely because it's going to save me from an entire package rotting if it if it happens. Whereas by January, February, I mean, it takes a while. And like in December, as long as you catch it early, if you get rid of the infected one or the affected one, I should say, it's not infected, it's not a disease, but affected. If you get rid of the affected one, it's not going to spread to the rest. And then come March is when I will start like completely unwrapping them. Maybe I'll start taking some cuttings into seed trays like earlier in the season to divide by stock. But I will do a whole episode next spring on taking cuttings. Maybe that'll be like a February episode because that'll be when it's applicable. I like the saran wrap it method. It works really well for me. It doesn't let me down. Um, in Minnesota, we're so dry. If you are storing them inside, you can just put them in like a cardboard box 
in like the closet of a spare bedroom of your house that, you know, maybe you have the vent shut off or something in that bedroom and it's not as warm in there. I mean, because not everyone has a perfect place that's 40 to 50 degrees. If you have a garage, the problem with a garage in Minnesota, even if it's heated, you're still opening and closing it a lot. So the heat fluctuates quite a bit. The humidity fluctuates quite a bit. In fact, it's usually more humid in there because of the cars, the snow melting off of the cars. So just keep in mind, the saran wrap method is what works for me well in Minnesota when it's dry. All right, podcast listeners, I have an ask of you. Between writing these episodes, recording, editing, uploading, and the fees to even have an account, this podcast takes a lot of time, effort, and resources. I'm fortunate to have a team helping me out, but it's time to evaluate where this podcast is going and if we can continue doing this. I have had so many messages and emails letting me know that this podcast has brought some bit of joy to people's day or week and is entertaining, inspiring, or in some other day just improves their life, their drive, whatever it might be. And I want to keep this podcast focused on content that informs, entertains, and is mindful of your time. And one way to accomplish this is through direct listener support. Your support would help the show not only continue, but grow. If you look at this episode's notes, you'll find a link that talks about Sunny Mary Meadow Premium. I've set up a link where you can quickly and easily support the show and the whole thing takes about 60 seconds. We are asking for $7 a month to help continue our mission. If the Sunny Mary Meadow podcast is a part of your day or week and you love what you're doing, please visit the link and consider supporting us. As a special thank you, you will receive access to weekly bonus episodes of what we did on the farm that week. It's anywhere from a five to 15 minute episode. So think of that $7 as a high five to keep us going and creating the episodes. So it's less than $2 a week just to keep us going so we can keep doing this. Thank you. So we talked about storing whole We talked about saran wrap. Now we're going to talk about vermiculite and sawdust. So vermiculite is ideal for tubers that need insulation and more moisture retention, right? So if it's in dry areas, so this would be the other one I would do. So basically you take the tubers in a container, cover them with vermiculite, and then keep it in a cool location. So basically like a a smaller tote with you know, not like a huge storage tote, but like a plastic tote that's only like eight inches tall or something like that. And in there, a lot of people will write the varieties with a Sharpie or a paint marker directly on the tuber itself. Or if they have, you know, 50 of them and they know that those are all their cafe au or their Cornell bronze or whatever, then that tote is Cornell bronze. But say you have six plants and, you know, you end up getting six tubers from each of them and you put all 36 in this same tote, which is totally acceptable. You don't want an individual tote for each, but you want to know what they are because you're not going to be able to tell in the spring what's which tuber is which, which tuber is for which plant. You can't even tell. They, they all look different. They're all different shapes and sizes, so there's no way of knowing. So vermiculite, I think people end up buying that from garden centers. It can be a little bit expensive. 
I think people use that year to year. I apologize. I don't know. I've never actually done anything besides the saran wrap method or the whole method because it's what works for me. It's never failed. So why would I switch it up? But I know that there's growers that I follow on social media or whatever, and they they reuse their vermiculite year to year for that reason. So that could be a good option for you. The other one is for places that have potential rot. So higher humidity areas will use sawdust. So sawdust is creates a you know it creates a stable environment and it shields them from extreme temperatures, but overall it's just kind of a medium to keep them a little bit more dry. Put them in a crate, cover them with sawdust, same thing as, you know, everyone else, but usually and when I say a crate, I mean those can usually be a little bit more open to air because that's for people that live in areas of high humidity or if their storage place, like if it's a basement of a house and they have a humidity system or whatever, for whatever reason, their house is a lot more humid. I used to live in a really, really old farmhouse. It was 130 years old with a dirt floor basement. And so I had the perfect place for storing dahlia tubers. Now I don't. So now I store them in my t- in my shop, which is the right temperature, but it's not necessarily the right humidity, but it works. A lot of people will end up putting a humidifier in the room where they are storing their tubers to check on that. Some people will use their flower cooler if their shop is stored at a certain temperature. And that would be an option for me. My flower shop, we keep the cooler at like 40 degrees. It is the right humidity. We are going to keep it running through the winter and we insulated it this year. And so we're going to, you know, we have permanent water lines that are well below the frost line so they won't freeze. We've got a heater in there now. And so I could keep my tubers in there, but I feel like there will be weeks at a time where I don't end up going out there. Not weeks at a time, but you know what I mean? I'm not going to be out there all day There's no other reason to go out there than to like make a bouquet. Whereas like in our shop, that's where we keep our skid steer because it's diesel and we don't want that to freeze and gel up and we don't have to plug it in there if it's in there. And that's where we, you know, a lot of our tools are out there and our chicken feed is out there and our chicken waterers. And so we're out there literally every single day. So if all of a sudden the heater quits or the propane tank runs out or for whatever reason it's cold in there we can immediately like call the HVAC guy and get the heater fixed and whatever. Whereas in the butcher shop, that's what we call it, the butcher shop, because my farm used to have a butcher shop on the farm and now it's my flower shop. Um, Just old habit. I call it the butcher shop. But out in the shop, we might go a couple days without being out there if we don't have a reason to be there and the tubers could die if we accidentally let it freeze, which we won't. We shouldn't because we have water lines out there that we don't want to burst open. But it's an option. And so, you know, wherever you need to store them, there's there are so many resources online, but honestly, you just need to do what works for you. And I know that there's this like paralysis, nervousness, like, what do I do? I don't know what to do. Try multiple methods and, you know, approach them like an annual. Really, truly. Don't, don't worry about it. I mean, if you have to buy some new ones in the spring, again, if you're just a hobby grower, not just a hobby grower, but my point is if it's not like I need to save a hundred of them to replant them next year because I'm a flower farmer and I'm, you know, okay, that's different. But if you're just growing them for your own enjoyment to enjoy in your landscaping, don't worry about it. You can always get new ones. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah. So, you know, just knowing, assess your situation, decide what's best for you. The easiest way is definitely going to be just storing them whole, but I understand that not everyone has space for that. 
and it's dirty and it's messy if you're bringing them inside this guest bedroom closet or something you know, and there's this tote of literally dirt. I can see why you wouldn't want that in there and rather have it wrapped up properly or in a little tote with, you know, where the tubers have already been washed and cleaned and they're either in vermiculite or sawdust or saran wrap. So thank you for listening. I hope this was helpful. Yeah. Let us know. Let us know if you have any thoughts or comments. I would love if you are storing your dahlia tubers. If you take a picture of it and you either post it on social media and tag us or put it in your stories and tag us at Sunny Mary Meadow, S-U-N-N-Y-M-A-R-Y-M-E-A-D-O-W and just say, hey, I'm storing my dahlia tubers. This is what I'm doing. Liz said to do it. And I'm not promising, not promising any results, but I'm just telling you what I do and what the options are. So good luck and thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to the Sunny Mary Meadow podcast. I'm your host, Liz. If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe and rate us. You can find us on Instagram, Pinterest, and Facebook at Sunny Mary Meadow. Subscribe to our email newsletter at sunnymarymeadow.com. And if you have questions or comments or anything to say, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at podcast at sunnymarymeadow.com. Flowers, flowers, we love flowers. Sunny Mary Meadow, they smell so good. Sunny Mary Meadow dot com.